Good morning. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Thanks, Don. I like the enthusiasm. All right, this morning we are going to be reading from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5. It should be in the bulletin, it'll be up on the screen, and then we'll start our conversation. Jesus crossed the lake again, and on the other side, a large crowd gathered around him on the shore. Jairus, one of the synagogue leaders, came forward. When he, when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and pleaded with him, my daughter is about to die. Please come and place your hands on her so that she can be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A swarm of people were following Jesus, crowding in on him. A woman who was there, a woman was there who had been bleeding for 12 years. She had suffered a lot under the care of many doctors and had spent everything she had without getting any better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Because she had heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his clothes. She was thinking, if I can just touch his clothes, I'll be healed. Her bleeding stopped immediately, and she sensed in her body that her illness had been healed. At that very moment, Jesus recognized that the power had gone out from him, and he turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? His disciples said to him, don't you see that the crowd is pressing against you, and yet you ask, who touched me? But Jesus looked around carefully to see who had done it. The woman, full of fear and trembling, came forward. Knowing what had happened to her, she fell down in front of Jesus and told him the whole truth. He responded, daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace, healed from your disease. The word of the Lord. So it's uh, safe to say it's been a crazy couple of weeks in our nation. Um, we actually learned this week that uh, it wasn't 2,000 children separated from their families at the border, but since uh, October of 2016, it's been 4,100 children separated from their parents, according to the uh, Department of Homeland Security. And we, according to the most recent information, there's still around 2,000 children that are still separated from their families. So in light of that, and in light of our reading today, it really struck me uh, because you have two people that in this story are suffering tremendously. And you have one father at the beginning of this story, and we won't talk as much about this uh, particular story, but this father falls at Jesus' feet. This would have been a religious official, and he pleads with Jesus for the life of his child. And I think to all of the parents right now, all across the world, but particularly at our borders, who are pleading for the lives of their children. It's a very simple primal instinct to, to, to take care of your child and yet we have such a difficult time deciding how to do that in our country. But we don't need to belabor all the statistics that many of us hear daily um, that currently raise anxiety and cause rightfully a, a level of fear within each and every one of us. Fear of, we have fears of immigrants, fears of uh, political parties, fears of terrorists with guns. There was another mass shooting this week. Um, fearful of people of a certain religion, and we go on and on. Civic norms seem to be under threat every week, and yet I'm here this morning to say we should not let this fear seize us. As the author of 1 John writes, there is no fear in love. 
perfect love drives out fear. So today, that's my prayer for all of us, is for strength and courage to press on for justice and healing. And it will require tremendous faith and tremendous courage, even when we feel alone. Imagine, for instance, how this woman in the story felt. Sick for, for 12 years she was sick. Um, her bleeding would have isolated her from the religious community, so she would have been cast out maybe all communities. Since she was cast out of communities, she wouldn't have been able to work, so she wouldn't have been able to financially provide for herself. So unable to work, financially provide, cast out, and in tremendous pain for so many years, doctor visit after doctor visit, until uh, she probably couldn't afford proper health care. Health care for anybody in the first century was that was, um, yeah, just go Google healthcare in the first century at Rome. It's not good, okay? Healthcare was, was bad. You couldn't go up to Kaiser and get checked out, you know? It's not a thing. Um, so just imagine her condition getting worse and worse, her fear and anxiety, you know, will I ever heal? But she had heard about this guy, Jesus, who was traveling around from region to region, healing crossing religious and cultural barriers, letting people in who are traditionally out. So determined, she made her way through the crowd. Bleeding and fighting, she inched her way toward the man that she had heard so much about. And she thinks, if I just touch his clothes, she does. And her bleeding stopped. You know, Jesus was on his way to another healing. He, he had things to do. He was trying to make his way through the crowd uh, to the house of this Jewish official whose daughter was sick. But our unnamed woman, as women often go unnamed in history, this unnamed woman treated unjustly, and then still we don't get her name in the story. It was her moral courage that understood that she had to cross boundaries. The boundaries that harm and oppress and isolated her, they are meant to be crossed, and she knew that. And Jesus doesn't do anything in this passage. It is her that reaches out and touches Jesus. So Jesus doesn't play an active role. We see time and time again in the Gospel of Mark, Jesus playing an active role, casting the demon out, going to the sick, going to the oppressed, but not here. He does not play an active role in this healing like he did in the previous ways. It is our unnamed woman who is our model for justice and righteousness. Can I get an amen from the women? All right, there you go. All right, there you go. Stealing a healing. Stealing a healing when no one would dare touch her. No one would dare touch her because if you touched an unclean woman, you would be unclean. So no one would touch her. So what did she have to do? She had to touch. She had to cross that barrier like so many other brave women have done illegal acts in order to do something more moral. Crossing legal barriers to do the right thing. So we hear lots about illegal immigration and these courageous mothers viewed as illegal outsiders, traveling thousands of miles with their children for a chance at safety and healing. And then they get to our borders and we say, illegal. But women say, so what? 
They're going to continue to cross the barrier for safety, for healing, for hope, for justice. And these women, too, often go unnamed. The woman that touched Jesus, the woman uh, that touched Jesus uh, when she shouldn't have was healed. She shouldn't have touched him, but it was the act of her illegal action. Her illegal action was her salvation. Earlier in Mark's gospel, the Pharisees are, uh, are sitting down and uh, they see Jesus eating with some tax collectors and sinners. And they turn and ask Jesus' disciples, uh, you know, why does he eat with these tax collectors and sinners? And uh, Jesus, overhearing them, I guess they weren't too slick, uh, overhears these guys and he says, uh, it's not the healthy who need the doctor, but the sick. I've not come to call the righteous, but to call sinners. And I think that's a word, I mean, we all need healing of some kind. Um, everyone in this room is a sinner. We're all broken. And that's okay, because that's the crew that Jesus liked to hang out with. We are all broken and bruised, often by a cruel and hurting world. We need emotional healing. We need physical healing, spiritual healing. We need economic healing, criminal justice healing, immigration healing, human rights healing. And the good news of the gospel of Christ is that healing is freely available and cannot run dry. As the prophet Amos said, let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Mark's unnamed woman didn't know Jesus. She didn't know him, she just heard about this guy. And Jesus didn't know her. And yet she demanded healing and she courageously crossed boundaries to receive that healing. Perfect love has the power to drive out any fear that we might have today. It has the power to renew a, new, a, renew a courage and a spirit within us, to demand the healing of our world and to inspire us to cross boundaries and borders that prevent God's peace and justice here. As Jesus taught us to pray, may we live in such a way that God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It might require us to steal healing. In order for our communities to be communities of peace, we might have to steal a healing for our hearts and minds to be filled with gratitude rather than resentment, we might have to steal a healing. For our churches to be bearers of hope in a hurting world that is bruised, we might have to steal a healing. I wanna close this morning with a story that is currently unfolding at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena, where I graduated from. For years, Fuller has positioned itself as an institution of theological rigor, progressive and diverse, open-minded. It's a diverse and open-minded place for theological, psychological, and cultural studies. But Fuller has proven itself to be harmful, a harmful environment to its black students. As an institution, they have on multiple occasions not addressed or resolve incidents of misconduct against black students. Uh, they're not hiring black professors or faculty. 
but that losing their black professors that they had, and then they have misled the students' demands for representation in diverse theological teaching when they said that it would be changed. It's a huge problem that many courageous students are speaking out against right now, telling their stories publicly, demanding justice against this marginalization. A few weeks ago during the graduation on campus, there was a student-led protest that was so powerful. The whole video is on Facebook and YouTube. It is so powerful. It included poetry and amazing acts of courage. And so I want to watch the final minutes of, um, this is after the ceremony, and one of the students that was protesting gets up on stage, and the man in the, in the robe there is Dr. Mark Laberton. He's the president of Fuller Seminary. And she, for about 10 minutes, ad publicly addresses all of these issues uh, and does so in one of the most amazing in-the-moment speeches I have ever heard. And so I want us to watch the final two minutes of this um, as just another courageous act um, by a woman who's not unnamed. Her name is Esperanza Terrell. I don't personally know her. Uh, but after watching this, I think we all will want to know her. Jesus is not pleased. And our wounds are not minor. We voice these concerns publicly. And I respond to Dr. Laberton's word today publicly. Because our experience is that of a domestic violence marriage. When out and about in public, everything is fine. The wife is beloved. She is the apple of the eye. If there's any mistake, oh, but I have apologized to her. I have given her presents and flowers and bought her this and bought her that. But behind closed doors, we are still beaten. We are still broken. We are still bruised. We are still bleeding. This very year, we are leaving a legendary black female scholar because her work was plagiarized here at Fuller by a white man. And it was lied about publicly that she approved the decision. This is happening right now. So please, please, I say this not to be unkind, I say this in the love of God that holds all of us accountable to his justice and none of us are exempt to hold this administration accountable for every promise that they've made today and for every alleged statement of repentance that they have symbolized today. If you want to hear more stories, if you want to know what has happened behind closed doors as we have been beaten and abused in hiding, Follow the hashtags, Toxic Fuller, hashtag Seminary While Black, hashtag Black Exodus, hashtag Toxic Fuller, hashtag Black Exodus, hashtag Seminary While Black. The Spirit is speaking, we and we need to listen. listen. The Spirit is speaking. We need to 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 
Jesus' name. Powerful, huh? So I hope this morning um, that we all realize that the Spirit is speaking and we need to listen and that the Spirit of Christ inspires us today to go out with a renewed sense of hope in a world where, yes, things seem pretty crazy on most days. But the hope of Christ within each and every one of us is so much stronger. It's so much more powerful than any chaos of our time and our day. And uh, I think that is um, something that, that we need to take with us. So may we not be afraid to walk through the crowds and cross boundaries. When we need healing and when we see those in need. May we not give up on the journey for justice. May we speak truth to power when everything in us and around us says to just give up. And may God's perfect love drive out every ounce of fear that we may be holding on to. And may we be bold enough to steal a healing. And may women continue to teach and lead us. Let's pray. Loving God, we thank you for the women in our lives. We thank you for all of the unnamed women who have fought for justice through the years. It is these women who have crossed boundary after boundary after boundary, often in illegal action to do the right thing. May that fuel us, may that spirit of hope guide us, and may we continue the fight for justice to roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. In Jesus' name we pray, and everybody said, amen.